1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable, still from PG County, with Demetria L. Lucas. The emphasis on my name has new meaning right now. If you follow me on social media, you know there's been this saga going on with my passport. It's all been resolved. I have a fresh new passport with 52 pages, so I can gallivant around the world without worrying about page count. But also today, I was able to get my passport fixed and take my married name off. My ex-husband and I have been apart since 2017 and our divorce was finalized in July of 2019 for a series of reasons, largely to do with COVID and its um, effects and then leaving the country for long periods of time. I wasn't able to take his name off of my passport. I did it for all the other documents that I had, but it was still on the passport. So. It was the last thing I had that still had his name on it. It would drive me nuts when I would travel internationally because, you know, you go to the airport. Oh, hello, Mrs., you know, his last name. Or you check into a hotel, like you give them your passport and it's like, oh, welcome, madam, his last name. My lease in Ghana, I was so embarrassed about this. To get my lease in Ghana, I had to share the biometric page of my passport, which my landlord sent sent to her lawyer. And they drew up the document with Demetria Lucas and the other last name. And I was like, oh my God, I have literally moved to the other side of earth and the place I am living in has his name on it. And I did it to myself. This is not a him issue. This is a, I should have just sucked it up and turned my passport in and stayed in the country for a while. And if I had to surrender my passport for, you know, three months, six months, there was a guy in the passport place today yelling about his passport it's taken him more than 10 months to get his passport back. White guy, like he was going crazy. And I was like, yeah, you take my passport for 10 months? I might be a little crazy too. But it was totally all of my own doing, but it would just bristle every time that I heard heard myself referred to as Mrs. So-and-so or Madam So-and-so because that's not who I am anymore. And legally, it's not who I am. The divorce decree changed my name and it was on everything else I'd taken care of, just not the passport. So um, Demetria L. Lucas has special meaning for me today. Like, it's, I feel like the end of an era. That saga of, um, you know, that chapter in my life. Chapter, not the book. Chapter. I feel like it's finally closed. I'm elated. The guy at the passport desk, like he gave me my documents and I was all giddy because I was just like, oh, like I can definitely go to South Africa. Like it's not like up in the air. Is this going to happen? Do I have to change my ticket? Like what if I can't get my passport and all these other things? So he gave me the passport and I was giddy and he was like, you know, check it out before you go. Make sure everything's correct and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. And then I sat down um, to like leaf through it. And when I opened it, I saw like just the name was shorter and I was like, oh, Oh, and just, you know, sat and cried. Because you know how I do. I just, I, I cry. I cry. <laughs> That's the least crazy thing. Is that crazy? That's probably the good thing. I have good news, I have bad news. Today has been a doozy. <laughs> and before I tell you about my day, I need to tell you about something else. One of my friends, it's a friend in my head. Ashley and I have actually never met, but we, you know, Chat and talk and text and DM and the whole nine yards. She's somebody I consider like a little sis. If you don't know who Ashley Cobb is, she's she was on the podcast before. Ashley's out of her mind. <laughs> she's, a, she's a sex blogger. I call her my friend in filth. Ashley's out of her mind. If you're not following her, it's at sexwithashley on Instagram. Remember I used to do those Ask Demetria questions? Ashley does a version of Ask Ashley, but it's all about sex. There is nothing off limits. Ashley will talk about anything sometimes I go on her page and she just she talks about crazy shit and then she has like this very blunt delivery and I just type in the comments just bye Ashley (laughs) and I do that sometimes every day and I go back the next day for more but she's out of her fucking mind but she's um she's in her late 30s and she wrote on Instagram earlier today and she was like I just feel like you know people are, are out here figuring out their lives which lies lies no one's life is figured out But she was like, people are out here figuring out their lives. And she was like, I'm 38 and I'm close to 40. And I just feel like I'm out here in the wilderness. And I was like, do do you think that you leave the wilderness at 40? Do you think that you leave it at 45? Like, Like, do you genuinely think that at some point you leave the wilderness? Like one day it all comes together and it all makes sense. And you're like, oh, aha. Like, this is what it means to like have life figured out. Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. I was like, hey, 30-something, I tell you this with love just because I figured it out and it might save you years of angst. You stay in the wilderness. At some point, you just learn how to be comfortable there. That's it. Life is just always going to be an unpredictable, wild, and crazy ride. Whether you're someone who goes gallivanting off to Africa and switches countries every five to six months, or you have a steady nine to five in a very purposely stable, predictable life. The way life works is the shit is unpredictable and confusing. And once you solve one thing, something else happens that needs to be solved. Especially if you got kids. It's always something. Like if you think that your life ever just like comes together and then one day it's just like, oh, it all makes sense. It doesn't. Stop trying to figure out how to get out of the wilderness and just find a way to be comfortable in it. That's kind of when you get it figured out. You're like, oh, some new shit happened. All right. You just can't get excitable and go crazy every time something goes left, which sounds way easier to practice. I got an accelerated version. One, going through a divorce because that was just nonstop adversity dealing with somebody who knew every dream I had and every insecurity I had and tap danced on the insecurities and tried to destroy every golden dream because he was mad I was divorcing him. It was mental warfare for two years nonstop. It was bad. I've talked before about like how I was like depressed and suicidal and all that shit. I don't talk about the details of it and didn't at the time. Don't feel the need to now. But like when I tell you it was bad, I got shingles right before we separated. And then I got sciatica during the divorce, both due to stress. And my blood pressure was through the roof. I hated dealing with it at the time. Three and a half years out from it. I'm actually thankful for it. Because it taught me how to deal with anything. And this might be a trauma response. What I'm about to say next, I'm, I'm very fine with that. It's something I need to continue to work through with my therapist. If it, nothing else, it taught me, one, how not to get rattled by everything. And also, I learned how to let go of attachments to physical things. Also, people. It's totally a trauma response. But it also protects me. You could take everything I own, everything I have, except my sanity and my health. I'll be all right. There is no physical possession. There is no amount of money. If something happened with this passport and I wasn't able to go to South Africa, like obviously I'd be disappointed, but life would go on. I figure out something. I always do. Tested and proven. The other thing that accelerated me, moving to Africa. And I specifically say Africa, not Ghana, because even though I was based in Ghana, I bounced around to so many other places. There's so many countries to see, cities to see, things to experience. and. Learning how to navigate as a fish out of water or just being put in crazy scenarios and just having to, like, figure it the fuck out. I told you about the storm and how I got on the canoe to go to the airport. And then the canoe stopped in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the ocean. And then we just sat there and nobody said shit. And then, like, I just activated and was like, yo... Which scared the shit out of everybody. Cause they were like, yo, is this girl about to go full black American on us? Because, you know, they crazy. The ability to figure it the fuck out and show up for yourself. Far, far, far from home. It, prepare- it prepares you for fuck anything. You can throw anything at me. I figure it out. Or not. And either way, I'm in the wilderness and I'm fine. It is what it is. That's a deep sigh. i'm not I'm not physically tired, although I should be. I've been up since three forty five this morning. Beyonce announces she's going on this world tour, right? She's gonna start overseas in Europe, and then she's gonna to come to the states. When I leave this time, I don't know when I'm coming back. Like I think I might just stay on the continent for an extended period of time. There's an event or two that I might fly back just to do, but like to come back, switch out clothes, all that other stuff. I'm taking a range of clothes this time for seasons and to layer, but I think I might be gone for a bop. I'm not sure yet. That's what I'm preparing for. I'm probably not going to be back this summer. So I was like, all right, I want to see Beyonce. I've been complaining to anyone who will listen about Beyonce ain't got no visuals for this album, which I still, as of today, have not listened to Renaissance. Renaissance. I mean, I feel like I know the album because everybody uses it for their like social media stuff. So I feel like I probably know the album. I've actually never sat down and listened to the album. I said I wanted visuals. I said I wanted to enjoy the album and the visuals all together at once. As this is how I usually engage with Beyonce's music. Beyonce's not giving us visuals, apparently. But she is giving us a world tour. So I feel like the tour will be the visuals that I have been seeking. I have no problem with this. I am not flying back because Johannesburg is far as fuck. Europe isn't that far. And I was like, Johannesburg to say Paris is a 10 hour direct flight. And it's not really that expensive, all things considered. So I, you know, reach out to the friend circles. Europe is actually middle ground for everybody. And I was like, hey, what do you think about Beyonce in Paris? And they were like, oh, are you planning a trip? Yeah, I'm in. Am I planning a what? I just, I asked you a question. What do you think? Like, share your thoughts. What do you think? And then it just somehow became like, oh, Demetrius is planning the Paris trip. Am I? Apparently. Also, reached out to another friend. And I was like, hey, what do you think about Beyonce in Paris? And he was like, actually, I was thinking Barcelona or Belgium. But he was like, I could do Petty. And you're planning? Okay, I'm in. Wait, where did this I'm planning come from? Apparently, I'm planning a Beyonce trip. So our asses. One is in Ghana, one is in New Jersey. There's some other people who are like, you know, if we don't know what we're doing, we'll get our tickets separately. But like, yeah, we'll see you in Paris. Just send the itinerary. The what? Neither here nor there. So I'm up at 345 this morning. That's when the Paris tickets go on sale. And by Paris, I mean, we're going to Paris, but the venue is actually an hour outside of Paris. I'm up at 3.45 this morning. I filled out all the Live Nation France stuff so that I can be part of like the Live Nation pre-sale, blah, blah, blah. I have everything pulled up at 3.58 and I'm just waiting for 3.59. 3.59 and 40 seconds, I start refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. So the whole thing will go through. So I'm refreshing. It goes from 3.59 to 4. The ticket should be on sale. I should be early in line. It takes forever to load. And by the time the thing fucking loads, I'm in a queue. I'm number 226,000 at 401. It took until 8 o'clock a.m., four hours later, for me to actually get to the beginning of the queue and get to where the tickets are so I can see what's available. Four hours later, the pre-sale tickets were all sold out, which I probably would have known, except the page that was counting down like for the queue was in French. All the other pages on the site, I could convert to English except that one. So actually, I saw the pop-up and I was like, I don't understand what it's saying. What are you saying, Frenchy pop-up? But then the numbers kept going down and I was like, oh, maybe it's telling me to prepare. Like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then when I finally got in and was able to switch it to English, it was like, oh no, like the tickets are sold out. What? So the tickets go on, not general admission, they open to everyone next week. So I'm going to try again. I'll be up at four o'clock in the fucking morning. Trying to get these Beyonce tickets. The good news is the tickets aren't that expensive. Especially for this French one. When I was looking at London, there were tickets that were available on stage. And they were 1,500 pounds, 2,500 pounds, something like that. For this one, there's no on stage access. Like, I want to say VIP was like 200 euros. I don't know. I don't know what the conversion is right now. Like, no more than like, I don't know, 250, 260 USD. Might be less than that. But we're trying to figure out this Paris situation for Beyonce. One of my friends, though, he goes to Paris on a regular basis. I haven't been to Paris in years, but he goes to Paris on a regular basis. And he was like, I can take over Paris. I can plan us Paris. And I was like, all right. I was like, I have some ideas. I'll contribute my must do's. I keep a list. But I was like, with everything else, that's all you. And he was like, all right. So now I'm not planning Paris. But while I was waiting for that four hours that I was up, like, I was, like, fucking around on Instagram for a minute. And I was like, I have better things to do with my life. One of which was to watch the new season of Harlem. Season two just came out. I mean, like, literally, like, at midnight. So since I was up and couldn't go to sleep because I was waiting to get to the front of that line of 226,000 people, I watched the first two episodes. I felt like last time with Harlem, they released. Am I making that up? Like, they dropped all the episodes at once. Because I feel like I had like a good Harlem binge and I was very pleased with my life story. But then I also might have got early access because I worked a campaign for Harlem last year. I don't know. I do know I called over to Amazon and was like, hey, um, because, you know, I do reviews and, you know, I worked on the campaign last time. Do you think you could like run me them episodes? And they were like, no. I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, mean, mean. But I did watch the first two episodes. They're really, really good. If you watched last season and then you know, like, you know, what happened at the very end, the big thing that happened that could, you know, change the course of everyone's life, they address it in the first episode. I hate when, like, there's a cliffhanger for a season and then, like, the show starts up and they don't address the cliffhanger until, like, episode three trying to, like, string you along. And I'm like, no, 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 tell me immediately. You find out the aftermath in the first five minutes. It's, um, it's good. It's good and solid. I'm not telling you what happens because the show just came out. But it's good so far. I really miss these characters. When I was in Ghana, when I would get homesick sometimes, I would just put Harlem on in the background. I don't know if there's a technical term for this. But there are certain shows that just have like the pacing of the show and the cadence of the way the characters speak. I guess it's also like a writing thing too, but some shows just like give me more comfort than others. Black Panther was one of them, not a show, but a film. But I used to put that on before I go to bed. I used to watch West Wing before bed, like something about the pacing of that show, the pace of the dialogue was very soothing to me. That was what I fell asleep to for years. I used to watch Creed before I went to bed all the time. And actually Black Panther is what replaced Creed. I watched Creed for like a good five, six months before I went to bed and then it replaced it with Black Panther. But specifically when I was in Ghana, I started watching Harlem as just like background. That's probably why my internet kept running out because I was streaming all the time. Go figure. It's really, really good. It's a continuation. The characters are more, I think, self-aware. There's definitely a sense of growth. They're all starting to investigate why their lives are the way they are and how to fix it. I like that. I'm trying hard not to give any spoilers because I want you to be able to watch it with, like, fresh eyes. Can I tell you anything? Wardrobe got to upgrade. Oh, I will say this. There's more outward allusions to sex in the city. Like, the foursome walking down the street. Even the way they gab in their um, in the restaurant they always go to. I see the sex in the city allusions a lot stronger this season. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, I see it more but it's good. It's the sex in the city that black girls always wanted. Carrie and them were cool. Like I love sex in the city, but I I greatly appreciate seeing black women being well-dressed, fabulous, educated, accomplished, ambitious, sexual, all of those things. It makes me really, really happy.
0: When you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit angie dot com that's a n g i dot com.
1: <laughs> I literally wrote down all the crazy shit that's happened to me today. Remember we were talking like like being in the wilderness, and like you know once one thing is solved and there's another, so got the passport to go to south africa i had i um I bought a laptop if you're a long term follower, you remember this saga. I was trying to get the newest laptop before I went to Ghana. And the one that was coming out was only going to be released two weeks after I left. So I ended up getting like a MacBook Air M1. I don't know what happened to my laptop, but it got kind of warped when I was there. Like the space key was messed up. It was like jammed down. And then the keys when I was typing at night, like the keys wouldn't like their backlit, the keys wouldn't light up more or less minor issues. Like otherwise the laptop worked. I used, I used it mostly to work on one and then like, you know, watch quote unquote TV on the other one because I couldn't use the space key. I take it to the Apple store early last week um, so I can get it back in time. I'm like, hey, these are the issues. They're like, oh, it's no problem. Like you have coverage, it's not going to cost you anything. Let me see if we can fix it in the back because this is relatively minor. We just have to like, you know, fiddle around with something. They didn't have the whatever they needed to fix it. And they were like, oh, we're going to have to send it out. You should have it back in three to five days. UPS lost my laptop. Like I've been tracking it. It was supposed to be here on Monday. There was like some delays and I was like, you know, it's UPS, it's not Amazon Prime. Life happens, like no issue. But then, you know, it's getting closer to like when I'm supposed to leave. I logged on UPS today and they were like, yeah, like you need to file a claim because you know, the package, the package is missing. You need to contact the seller and then like one of y'all needs to like file a claim. So I call Apple. I'm on the phone with him for 45 minutes this morning. And I was like, so, hey, you know, I just need, I need you to find my laptop. Everything on it is like in the cloud backed up like I don't it's not the, it's not the, the content that I need, but I need I need a physical laptop and they were like, yeah well, we have to file the claim and then UPS has to get back to us and and I was like, well, you know well can you just replace it since I mean it's lost like UPS is, UPS is saying it's lost And they were like, yeah, we have to go through the procedures and I was like, okay, I'm leaving the country next week like early next week like need I need you, I need you to, to I need a laptop And they were like, oh, the claim, the claim okay And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do for work? Like, how am I supposed to work if I don't have a laptop? Like, you know, this is a minor issue. Y'all said it would be three to five days. It was supposed to be here on Monday. Now it's Friday. UPS is blatantly saying the thing is lost. So I I need a laptop. And she was like, well, can you go to the store and buy one? Could I? Yes. Am I going to? Fuck no. Ma'am, you lost my laptop. Or UPS lost the laptop. But you sent it via UPS and you've lost the laptop. You got to replace it. I am a small business owner. I mean, I'm not an Apple owner, but like when I send stuff via USPS and the shit doesn't arrive, people call me and be like, hey, like I paid you and you sent it via this carrier. I want my shit or refund me in full. You know, they're much nicer about it than that. But that's the gist of the conversation. Like I sent you my money. You're supposed to send me product. You chose the carrier. Your carrier didn't deliver literally. So now you have to either replace it or refund me. Sure. That's how this whole thing goes. But Apple's like, yeah, yeah yeah and was like well can you just buy it and she was like and then you know if it turns up then you could just like take it back and I was like madame 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 I'm going to another country if I buy the laptop here I can't return it there and then I would have to take all the packaging and all that other shit to another country even if I could and she was like okay well if we find the laptop We could have it sent to an address in the States and then, and then like from there, like someone can send it to you. No, 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 I, the customer who paid for the laptop, who dropped the laptop off, I, I am going to be in another place. You're going to have to send it there. And she's like, well, that's technically not our policy. I don't care what your policy is. You're going to have to send me my laptop. If you find my laptop, you're going to send it to me. If you can't find the laptop, you have to refund me this shit. But this shit going to have to be worked out by Monday because I'm getting on a plane next week. Like I, I can't be playing around with you and like not having my, my laptop. Stop this shit. And I was like, how am I supposed to work? How am I supposed to do anything? I don't have a laptop. I mean, I know I have a laptop, but she don't know I have a laptop. But the laptop I have, like literally the laptop that I edit on is from 2015. I love this thing because it's lightweight and I can carry it around when I go bopping from country to country as opposed to the other one, which is like the bigger one. But like I'm fully aware and this is the reason I bought the bigger one. This one is from 2015. It's a little sketchy. The reason that I ended up buying the other laptop is because one day this one just decided it didn't want to turn on. It's the only time it's done that. But God forbid, like I have shit do, and then like I can't, you know, turn my goddamn laptop on. <sighs> so that's my crazy ass day, which is still not done. Have a passport, don't have a reliable laptop. Up at three forty-five for Beyonce tickets, still have no tickets. But did get to see Harlem, which is great. But ain't giving us the but ain't giving us the whole season. It's for the best because I would have sat up and binge the whole season of Harlem, and then who knows when this podcast would be in. What else is on our list of things to talk about? We've talked about a lot. (laughs) There's amusing shit on this list. We're not going to talk about all of it. Smokey Robinson, Uncle Smokey, Granddaddy Smokey. Smokey Robinson has a new album coming out. It's called Gasms. It's called Gasms, as in orgasms. And I was like, Smokey! But I guess, you know, he's a man of a certain age. He has lived. But I was like, I don't know if this is the content I was really uh, uh, looking for or expecting. From Smokey Robinson? I remember a few years ago, there was a Oprah did, like an Oprah and Friends at the Apollo. And Smokey Robinson was one of the performers. So I had my dad come up. I had like, I had two tickets. So I asked my dad to come to New York. And we went to see Smokey Robinson. And I thought this should be like a nice, safe, you know, father-daughter event. We'll go to a nice show. And then we'll have some dinner. And, you know, this is a, a family-friendly, you know, Motown. This is a family-friendly event. And then Smokey got on the stage, and, you know, he sang a couple songs. and You know, he had a nice suit, and he, he sang. He had the microphone, and he did, like, you know, a little two-step or something. He's a man of a certain age. He wasn't moving but so much. And then Smokey started to, like, dip it low and thrust it forward. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not the kind of content I came here to enjoy. Smokey got some freak in him. I was talking about this with somebody else, and they were like, I mean, let's cruise. And I was like, yes, but, like, I'm used to Smokey, you know, giving, um, you know, metaphors to talk about lovemaking. Not, like, gasms. Like, you, you're just putting it out there. Like, he, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's getting close to lick the booty like groceries. Like, I don't need that much graphic. I need, I need to use my imagination. Just my imagination. Did Smokey write that? That was a Temptation song. I hope. If it's not, my father's going to be so upset. But, no, I'm looking at this um, this playlist So the album is called Gasms, and then there's a song called Gasms. Then he has a song called I Want to Know Your Body. Oh. And then there's a song called Roll Around. I was like, can he do that at his age? Apparently, if he can't do it, he's fantasizing about doing it or reminiscing, perhaps, about doing it. There's a nice song called Beside You. Beside You. That's nice. If we don't have each other, that sounds like a song about love. That's nice. This is, this is what I expect from Smokey. He said, you fill me up. Now that could go one way or another, but I feel like that's, I feel like that, that's a nice song about, um, I'm emotionally pleased. I feel, I feel good all over. That's a song about sex, but it's, it's, it's classy. I feel good all over. Nice Stephanie Mills song. And then he has a song called I fit in there. And I was like, you fit in where Smokey? This is not the kind of content I've come to expect from from the Smokey Robinson. I just that's much. That's much. I'm scrolling through pictures. I did screenshots of Smokey. Um, I don't have this on my list, but we need to mention it. Missy Elliott. She's one of the 14 nominees to be added to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's an active push to get more women in the rock and roll museum. So along with Missy Elliott, it's also Cindy Lopper, which I don't understand. Like Cindy Lopper was out way before Missy Elliott. I would think she'd been in there by now. Cheryl Crow and Kate Bush. Also a Tribe Called Quest, they're up for they're up for induction. Or at least they've been nominated for induction. I guess there has to be a vote. But very good for a Tribe Called Quest and Missy Elliott. and Cindy Lopper cindy lopper had like the color song i remember it from when i was a kid that song was everywhere that's some good black news this week do we have other good black news i guess this counts as good black news there was a story i want to say it was in the new york post and it was about diane von frostenberg rap dresses it came out recently that she paid andre leon talley's debt. Remember, there was an issue with his house. He owned, he owed something like five thousand, five hundred thousand, actually, on the house. And like his friends who had been renting the house to him were suing him for $500,000 and wanted to evict him from the house. Diane Von Frostenberg stepped in and put up the 500000 and so Andre Leon Talley could stay in his house. So the reason this is coming up, Andre Leon Talley passed away and he had very fabulous things fashion things in his personal collections there was a bunch of louis vuitton and then like his fabulous um his fabulous silk capes there was some stuff from i don't know if the mark Jacobs stuff was louis vuitton but there was like there's a bunch of fabulous stuff but it's on auction at christie's and so there's a lot of buzz about andre leon talley lately but page six, this is where I'm reading this from, said that um, they heard that Diane von Frostenberg wrote a big check to save Tally from being evicted from his home. And they got in contact with her and they were like, hey, is this true? Did you did you put up big ends and dividends? They caught up with her. She said Andre was one of my dearest friends. She said, I would have done anything for him. I would like to respect his memory. I have nothing else to say. And I thank you for respecting this. So she didn't actually say that she did it. She kept it real classy. If you, if you have to give me a large sum of money, if like, you know, somehow my finances get fucked up in my later life, I mean, take care of me, but dude, I would appreciate it if you didn't like, you know, go off and tell everybody, I'm like, well, that bitch was broke and I had to fund her shit. Just be like, you know what? She was one of my dearest friends. So I would have done anything for her. Thank you and good day. I'm like a classy lady. Also, I knew Diane von Frostenberg had money because everybody and their mother had one of them, them wrap dresses in the 70s. And then they came back again in the 90s and she's still selling stuff. I knew she had money um, and I knew she had money to write like five hundred thousand. But I didn't know until I was reading this article, but they didn't even say exactly how much that she's worth. They said uh, this is how they described her. They said, quote, she is worth many millions. How many many is many millions? Is that like, is that 10? Is that 30? Is that 50? Is is it 90? I mean, how many millions? They don't even say. They say she is worth many millions while her husband, IAC media mogul. I'm not even sure what IAC is. IAC media mogul, Barry Diller. I have never heard this man's name in my life. Is worth an estimated 4 billion. I ain't know Diane Von Frostenberg was worth billies. Plural. I had no idea. Page Six also reached out to ALT's lawyers. They asked him questions about billionaire Diane Von Frostenberg paying $500,000 for Andre Leon Talley. This is what his lawyer said. And I'll tell you about this response. Andre paid his bills. He paid his lawyers in full. He took care of them. Lawyers can be very, very nasty, especially when you're a client and you ain't paid them. They will tell all your fucking business. Always pay your lawyer. He must have paid good coin and also treated them well because this is what the lawyers said. They said, we were honored to have been able to assist Andre in resolving his dispute prior to his passing. But beyond that, we have no comment other than what is in the court record. All right. He did have some decent people around him. I mean, we talked about Andre Leon Talley um, when he passed. And we also talked about his book, which, you know, he had a lot of grievances, rightful, I think, of people who he had been very loyal to, Anna Wintour, who didn't take care of him on on the back end. And he was like, I did a lot for you, for you. And you didn't look out for me in the same way. As a friend or an employer, he he was never getting the money that he should have. I appreciate that that at least he had some friends in the industry, DVF being one of them. And his lawyers, they may not have been friends. They may not have been friends. It may have been a professional relationship, but I appreciate they kept it classy when asked about his court case. Because reading his book, it made it sound like he was just out there in the world. All alone. Especially in the end. I'm glad that he has somebody looking out for him. I might need to go buy a wrap dress in her honor. I ain't buying shit. I don't know how I'm going to get the stuff I have in these suitcases. Work with me, Lord. Oh God, I'm turning into my mother. That's not everything. There's other stuff, but I'm having a day. We need to talk about trifling ass Tom Brady. I guess we don't need to hold that till next week. I don't have that much to say about it. Your boy Tom Brady? Because I can't claim him. His wife, Giselle, supermodel, divorced him in October 2022. I'm sure there were a number of reasons that she chose to divorce him, but one of them was he refused to retire or stay retired from football. And she was like, Hey, like we've been married and football has been priority for us. Like this entire relationship. We also have children and you're always, you know, football, you're prioritizing football over your family. And I'm tired of doing the back burner. So like either you retire and stay retired and like do this whole family thing with these kids that we made together or I'm out. So he was like, well, I'm gonna go play football. So she was like, all right, I'm out. Their marriage ended in October. You know that motherfucker just announced his retirement two days ago? Your whole wife and your whole kids. You broke your family up on some I don't want to retire, I want to play football. And surely there were other reasons, but this is the public one. But you broke your family up over that shit and then actually retired four months later. Nigga. And in his retirement announcement, he did this like collage of photos of his family. I'm like, the the same family that you broke up because you didn't want to retire? And... You know, that man posted pictures, his, his bye-bye, his retirement from the job that was more important than his family. You know, he put his wife in those pictures with the kids. But I was like, you got a lot of nerve, nigga. You got a lot of nerve. I screenshotted Giselle's response to it. I thought it was very classy because she could have been downright rude about it. She responded to his retirement announcement. She said, wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. It's very Hallmark card. It's very generic Hallmark card. Wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. Non-specific. I'm wishing you wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. What she doesn't say is the dot, dot, dot that I will not be participating in. I'll be co-parenting your children, but I will not be actively participating in this life. Don't think you're getting retired and then you're going to get your family back. Get somebody else to do it. We're talking about this on my Facebook page because I was like, nigga. One of the readers was like, you know what? He clearly didn't make it to the Super Bowl. I really do hope that she's in a Super Bowl ad looking fabulous and fantastic back to the career that she put on the back burner to be his wife and be mother to his children. I hope she just picks up where she left off looking like she hasn't missed the beat. She was like, I want her to be in a big Super Bowl ad. I want her to be at the Super Bowl that he was unable to play in. And I was like, well, that would be, that would be, you know. Is that karma? I believe that's karma. I want her to have a good life. I don't wish a bad life for him. I just specifically wish for a good life for her. I don't like to see women treated bad or treated poorly. I don't like to be treated bad or treated poorly. I want abundance. I want abundance for everyone, but especially for women folk, and especially for women folk who've been through some shit. If you could get the courage to be like, fuck this, I deserve better, I hope that you go and you find better. I really do hope that for you. <sighs> That's not everything. I'll, I'll give you more on Tuesday. I still gotta edit this thing and get it in at a decent hour so, so my producers don't flip out on me. I ain't the only podcast I gotta get up today. All right, I'll be back next week